Welcome to VCast, where church and culture come together. My name is Jacob, and don't forget to follow and subscribe to this podcast to stay updated on new episodes. This month, we'll be talking about missions. Missions is very important to God, so much so that he sent his son Jesus to be a missionary for us. And we know Jesus wants us to carry on his mission. But how do we accomplish that mission? Let's dive into his word and find out. So on the last podcast, we talked about being a soul winner, um, how the Holy Spirit empowers us to um, have a desire, uh, a natural desire to pursue the lost. Um, I think one of the key things there is that like we're made in the image of God. And if God is passionate about like people and saving people, we likewise should be passionate about saving people because that's we have the heart of God inside of us. But the only way for it to get there is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit who gives us the desire to reach out to people. Um, so I know that for uh, for this week, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, what it means to really win souls, like how we do it and how we go about doing doing that. Um, one of the little research things that I did was um, I was researching it because a lot of people get caught up in like this, you know, um, what is my calling? You know, like, am I called uh, to do something? Like, what is God calling me to do? Um, and I think we, I don't think people are off. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to calling, I don't think it's wrong to say, I don't know what my calling is. I think that that's normal for a lot of people, but I, I think that it's, we overcomplicate it and it's so simple in the Bible um, that our calling is really in regards to salvation. Every scripture, I'll give you a ton of references. Like, so if you have your Bible and you want to look these up, you can look up Matthew 22, 14. You can look up Romans 8, 30, Romans eleven twenty nine, Galatians 1, 6, 2 Peter 1, 3, and 2 Thessalonians 2, 14. Uh, and also Hebrews 9.15. So if you look up these seven verses, you can just pause this and rewind it and and look these Bible verses up. You, all of these have the word, talk about the, the calling of God. But each time that I've seen this word calling, it's usually only in reference to salvation, right? God has called you to salvation, right? And so when we talk about our calling, really the main calling for every single person, everybody in this world has a calling. That calling is God calling us to be saved. Then once we've been saved by God and we've believed and trusted in Jesus and he saves us, now our calling is to help other people in meeting Christ and knowing him, um, which is evangelism. It's, um, and, you know, going being missions. And that is what God has called us to is to be saved and to make sure other people get saved as well. Yeah. So, um, so God's calling for everyone believe the gospel. Um, it's the, uh, it is the privilege of every believer to participate in sharing the message of salvation with people. Like that's, that's a privilege for us. Um, so that, um, so that other people can call out to God and be saved. Um, my calling is to make sure that people hear the good news. And so um, I know uh, Jesus wants us to do that, right? Yeah, um, definitely. I know, um, Jesus sort of um, makes that, I think, a little more clear, especially when it comes to, um, especially what you just said, where first we're saved. And then once we're saved, we're called to help 
bring other people to that position. Right. Right. Um, Jesus tells us that we need to uh, go out, make disciples and all these things. And he makes that very um, clear for everybody who's wondering what their calling is. And it's first to be saved. And then um, the other things start to come in. Um, But I know for the most part that we're called to make disciples first and foremost for those of us who are saved. Right. We're called to make disciples, not just convert people. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a big difference there because when we have converts, we're really just looking at people who were trying to change. But when we look at disciples, it's not just about changing their beliefs or bringing them to Christ, but it's pouring into them as well. Right. Um, and the Bible makes that clear as well. A lot of people don't really um, notice it. And we didn't even notice it at first, I think. Once we started to look into it, we realized that there's a big difference between just regular converts and disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, if we go to Matthew twenty three thirteen, um, Jesus, um, yeah, this is Jesus talking, and he says, "But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites!" For you travel across sea and land, and this is where we're getting into them going out and preaching and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. he says. For you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourself. So um, one thing that I've one thing that I realized when when, the word proselyte, I believe, is almost the same as convert, right? It's right. just, you just go and to you convert, convert them someone. over to Judaism. I believe. And I think that the problem here is that when you go and make a proselyte and you don't pour into them, you've made a believer, but they have no direction. Mm. You know what I mean? They don't know where to go. You've made a fan, not a follower. You've made a fan, not a follower. So now we're going into places where you just leave it to them to figure out. Right. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we have teachers and why we make disciples is because we're trying to guide people in the, correct direction when you just make a convert and then you leave they have no direction Mm. so now they're really they can really just fall for anything yeah right if it sounds good right um and that that's the difference i think that's the biggest difference it's you make a convert and they don't know where to go right you just convert them but when you make disciples you lead them in the right direction when it comes to doctrine, theology, these things, because now they have a firm foundation to stand on because you've introduced yeah. them to that foundation. So when it comes to a disciple, a disciple is one who is assured of his salvation and is activated by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, and I think that when it comes to making these disciples, you really show them what it is mm-hmm. to have the Holy Spirit, right? Right. Because that that's another thing that when it comes to just converts and people who just believe now, they don't know how the Holy Spirit really works. I, I know that's how it was for me, right? Um, when it came to the Holy Spirit, it was like really uncharted territory for me because I didn't know what it was at first. I didn't know what it meant, like how it felt to have it. I didn't know what it looked like, how I knew that it was in my life. But when you disciple someone, you start to teach them. These are the fruits. These are the things that you're looking for. Right. So a disciple is one who is assured of his salvation and one that doesn't worry about these things. Um, And um, a disciple is one who is growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior every day. Mm -hmm. Like I was talking about before, how a convert has no direction. 
Right. But the disciple, he's learning every single day. Mm-hmm. And, he's and he's being walking with and he's you. He's walking in it and he's he's continuing to 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 learn and to keep on growing, right? And um a disciple is also one who shares Christ's burdens for the lost souls of men and women. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's no longer just just um somebody who's worried about himself, but now that he's a disciple, he carries the burdens of those around him. Because right. that's sort of the calling of him as being a disciple. What does that mean? What does that come with? And it comes with sacrifice. Right. Sharing the burdens of those around you. I think even Jesus says it. He's like, um, woe to you Pharisees, for you place burdens for you place burdens on these people's shoulders that you are not willing to lift with even a finger. Mm. That's the difference. That they place the burdens on the people. They're not willing to help them get through it, but a disciple sort of carries that cross with them. Right. And is willing to take them there. Yeah, I think they, they we call it disciple cycles. The idea that you make disciples who make disciples, right? And I think for I think you hit it perfectly is that a lot of people are okay with inviting people to church. Like that that's what I I believe. I believe that in the twenty first century evangelism has turned into hey, you should come check out my church. And Unfortunately, that just doesn't work anymore. Um, I was just reading something earlier um, that was saying that um, if you like being a missional church, we used to have this very um, attention driven um, mentality where the church would do these great um, these great things that were super entertaining and it won people into the church and people loved that stuff and then people were coming and getting saved because they saw these great spectacles and these great events but i've noticed that after like especially with covid gone i mean with not with covid god willing <laughs> covid gone yeah. but with covid here um people just aren't even wanting to come to the church in general so that that mentality of bringing people to church that thing is dead and the church has to do something drastically different to get people um, to 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 become disciples. It's it's no longer about inviting people to church. Now it's about bringing church to people. I think that's what the church has always been. Even when you look at the church in the old in the New Testament, um, in the Book of Acts, it was all about going out and 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 being in people's homes and things like that that's why i'm so glad the, that as a church we use um we're doing small groups you know we're doing these grow groups and in these grow groups you're able to join them and you're able to go into um somebody's home and it becomes a way for you to be built up and then maybe go out and make disciples um and we definitely have to establish a difference between what a disciple is and a convert and if we continue to make converts the church will only uh, uh, continue to shrink. You know what I mean? Uh, people are leaving the church now more than ever. And um, a lot of it has to do with, um, I was watching an interview with some some guys who they had left the faith. They were Christians for a long time and they left the faith. And they had said that that the, this generation is leaving the church not because it's like doesn't know the truth. It knows the truth and they know what's right, but they just don't see it being modeled by people. And people are unwilling to receive them. Um, and, um, you know, we spend a lot of time criticizing uh, the next generation. You know, they can't pay attention. They're, they, you know, they're not motivated. They can't do this. They don't do that. And it really pushes people away. The very people we're supposed to be transforming with the power of the gospel. And it comes by, you know, Jesus went out there and preached the good news. But then what he would do, what would he do? He would say, repent, be baptized. And then what? Follow 
me. That's so important. And a lot of us don't do that. You know, we, we leave it at, hey, follow me to my church, not to my home. You can't be there. You know, like it's it needs to be different. It needs to be more of a, hey, let's meet together and let's talk about the Bible. You know, I think people meet together for a lot of reasons, but being Christianity, being a part of those meetups is, is just not present. Yeah. I mean, I, I can even um, take sort of responsibility for that as well. Not responsibility. I'm looking for a different word, but I've done sort of the same thing right. where I was too lazy to evangelize myself. So I just say, just, Hey, come to church. And so, you know, they came to church and they believe in God, but they have no sense of direction right yeah. now that they've come to believe in, in God, right. They've been, Oh, I love church. You know, I love God, but then I see the way that they live their life. And now because they believe in God, they simply believe, but they don't live it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. When, um, we look at even Paul said it, I think Paul, Paul said, um, follow like me, be like me because I'm like Christ, right? Yeah. That's what Paul said. He's like, be like me, imitate me because I imitate Christ. Right. And um, when you don't give somebody a, a good person to imitate, they don't know what to do. Right. When you don't imitate Christ, then who are they supposed to imitate? You? If right. you don't imitate Christ, you know what I mean? If you're not showing them everything that Christ showed you, now they start to not because now they're they're not sure what that really is. But um, yeah, I mean that's just what 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 I'm thinking of, especially what Paul said. It's imitate me, I imitate Christ. Right. That's why you should imitate me. That's why I'm a good role model. That's why I'm a good teacher mm-hmm. because I imitate Christ. So right, be like me, be like me because I'm yeah. Imitate me because I'm imitating Jesus. And I think that that kind of like sums up what we're talking about perfectly. <laughs> that popped up into my head. I was like, "What's a good summary like of this?" And it's that Paul literally says it. He's mm-hmm. like, "Imitate me." I That's true. Me. Actually, yeah, that is true. That's and you know, it's like I, I think that for me specifically too, like I I would question my own self and say, "Could I say that?" You know, I think that's where a lot of Christians kind of fall off because it's like imitate me because i'm imitating jesus and for a lot of us it was something i said in the first podcast where the pharisees or jesus used to say this about the pharisees do as they say not as they do um for they don't practice what they preach um and i think that a lot of christians are afraid to disciple people because they're afraid to do it because either um they don't feel like their life emulates christ well enough that they should be a person making disciples. And so they discount themselves. But a lot of people just don't feel like they're gifted, you know, or they don't feel like they have the necessary tools to make disciples. But I know for a fact that God has gifted all of us in different ways. And um, you don't have to do this alone. You know, like if you're, you may say, you know, what, what could, how can I make disciples? Like I'm very shy. And it's like, well, no, there's a lot of people who are shy in this world, but they can still, you can still make disciples. Um, it's, it's utilizing the giftings that God has given you. But I feel like a lot of times we, we kind of mix that up, the calling and the gifting. Um, and we get those confused and we start saying, Hey, look, my, um, you know, like my calling is to be a worship leader. And it's like, okay, that's really not your calling. It's more like your gifting. Like you're great at singing. So yeah, absolutely. Join the worship team. Now that you're there, what are you doing to make disciples 
in the worship team? You know, what are you doing to make disciples? And if you're part of, you know, like a connections ministry, how are you making disciples by putting people through classes and different things like that? That's what we have set up. So, um, but your gifting and your calling are completely separate. God has called you to make disciples. Um, the, the, as far as wh- how you do it, what what is God gifted in you in, right? Take a spiritual gift test. Um, you can Google that right now, spiritual gift test, and see what kind of giftings do you have? How can you utilize them? Speak with a pastor. Meet with one of your pastors and say, hey, pastor, um, I don't really know what I'm gifted at. This is this is my spiritual gift test. I took this. It says I'm good at this type of stuff. This is what I'm like. This is what I like to do. How can I get plugged in? You know, and just take an opportunity and you'll see what God can do through you. Yeah, I would say that um, your gifting will always be used in your calling. Mm-hmm. Right? Your gifting is always going because you're called to make disciples right. and you've been given certain gifts. Your gifts are not your calling, but your gifts are used to help with your calling, right? right? Because if I'm a really good singer, right? That's yeah. my gifting. I'm gifted. I have a, God has given me an amazing voice, mm-hmm. right? So now how do I use that to make disciples? What about all the other younger people who want to join the worship team? Yeah. Right. Now they come into the worship team and you can sort of guide them. Um, let's like, you know, Ariel, amazing dancer. Right. And at first she was under unique, but now she's sort of in charge of these younger girls as well. And now she's using her gifting in her calling mm-hmm. to help make. Now she has a, you know, kind of a group of, you know, little girls that also love to dance. Right. And because she's a good dancer, they've fallen under her. And now she's using that gifting to help in their calling. Things like yeah. that. You know what I mean? And that stuff changes. Yeah. I mean, like, can I be honest? And this is like embarrassing. But it's not, but it is like when I was younger, like hip hop culture was like really, really big. And um, I mean, it's still influential today, but I just feel like it's not as influential as it used to be. Um, But I used to do hip hop as like a ministry. Like I was about to say, remember our little ministry that we did for hip hop? Oh, yeah. We tried to start it up again and we never really got anywhere. Yeah, it was. But back then when we did it, we got we got pretty far with it. Like we had we started off with like like four or five of us and it grew to like a group of like almost 20 something guys that were like for us. It was just you, me, Andy and yeah, yeah, it was just a few like it was like you you guys more so not really me but i was just trying to coach you guys and see if more you like guys a little were... club than a ministry but it was good though because you guys did pretty good um but these these guys went on and and did some great stuff. some of them recorded some stuff like it blew up it became really really big but that to think that i'm still doing hip-hop to this day now i'm a pastor and back then i wasn't like oh i'm gonna be a pastor one day no, I just did what God called me because I think we go through seasons in life. And I think that our calling is always the same. It just takes different forms. Yeah. And we just have to be ready for when God's going to transition us out of certain things, ministry-wise, um, and transition us into something new. Um, but what we have to watch out for is that we don't transition out of something and not transition into something because that's where we get stale. You know, like it's like, oh, I feel like God's calling me to leave to not do this ministry anymore. And it's like, OK, so what are you going to do? No ministry? You know, oh, I need a break. I, I'm feeling burnt out. And when I look at the, I'm like, bro, imagine Peter saying I'm burnt out. I need some time. Imagine Paul saying I'm burnt out. I need more time. I just need like a year. Can you give me a year off? 
cool. Yeah. We just won't preach the gospel for a whole year. You know what I mean? Like that it's like it, I, I think burnout is a very real thing. However, I just don't think we have time for that. The need and the urgency for the gospel to go out and reach people. Um, it, it was something I said in one of my preachings and, um, and I, 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 I it is rather rough to say maybe it's not maybe it, it may not be but i think that covid has taken a lot of lives and it with all of these people dying from covid like where did the urgency for preaching the gospel go like we were everybody was like we got to shut the church down we got to put on masks we got to protect people from covid and everybody went to that side of it but in my mind i'm like okay yeah that's good. It's I think that the, that it's a good thing to wear masks. I think it's a good thing to take precautions and to not spread this thing. I agree with that. But at the same time, where was our urgency to preach the gospel, to make sure that people hear about Jesus, knowing that anybody could die from COVID at any point, you know? Yeah. Um, and just to really um, tie what you just said back to scripture. Right, right. What you just said is sort of what Paul is saying in second Timothy one five, where he's saying he's speaking to Timothy. Obviously he says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois and your mother, Eunice. And I am convinced is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hand. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, mm but of power, love, and self-control. So sort of like what you were saying where, you know, COVID came in and it took a lot of lives and it's a good thing to take those precautions. But we, we're not given a spirit of fear. We're not given one where we have to back up because we're scared of um, what's going on in the world. You know, we yeah. still have a job to do. And this is what the spirit tells us to do. Regardless of what's going on in the world, we need to make it our job any way that we can to bring the gospel to people. Yeah. If people are losing their lives because of this disease, mm -hmm. they need the gospel more than ever. More than ever. I think um, a pastor said this and it was like, some people took it well and some people didn't, but I, to me, it, it impacted me. He said, the church doesn't exist to stop the flu. It exists to stop people from dying and going to hell. Mm -hmm. People will die. It's gonna happen. Um, all of us will have to die and face death at some point. How it's going to happen, none of us know. There's car accidents, COVID. We can die from a lot of different things. But the point is to make sure that every person gets an opportunity to hear about Jesus. And the church cannot change its mission. Yeah. Right? We have to go out there and make disciples. We can't just sit here and cancel everything. Yeah. You know, we have to, we have to go out and be on mission. Yeah, like a, a deadly disease shouldn't hinder us from preaching the gospel if anything it should excel us. It, it, yeah, should, yeah. Yeah, it should make us want to go and do it right oh man the fact that yeah. people are now dying more yeah. because of a disease we should be pushing it even more because now yeah. it's even more likely that people are right. going to die than before yeah. i'll use a king james uh, reference um the word quicken i love that and only the King James uses it. No other Bible translation uses it because it's an old and dead word. Nobody says, hey, let me get quickened to do something. It's It doesn't really, it's not used in modern language. But that word, um, also known as hasten, um, this idea that the spirit 
fills us with new life and and it's like an energy drink it just gives you that that adrenaline rush that that sugar rush like that the spirit quickens us to go out and make disciples you know and it's something we ought to be doing you know we should allow the spirit to fill us with new life that causes us to want to go out and preach the gospel knowing that people can die and go to hell yeah so i have a question for you then um we know that obviously as we've been talking that we're supposed to go out we're supposed to preach the gospel things like covid shouldn't hinder us from doing it but should prompt us to keep on doing it um and obviously these things are very true but now i think when it comes to preaching the gospel and sort of excelling the gospel and you know making it so that it hits all corners of the earth how do we sort of within ourselves find that confidence you know what i mean like how do we because a lot of times it, it like we love hearing this stuff you know we need to go mm-hmm. and preach it but then when it, we get to it we're like i don't know if i can right yeah yeah you know what i mean like i it sounds so great and i can picture doing it in my head but then i'm put into the position i'm just like i, I don't know yeah. if, i don't know if i'm the right person i don't have a spirit of fear this. yeah but i am afraid right now <laughs> <laughs> i don't it's have a spirit true. of fear but i am afraid right yeah. now so how do you sort of like combat that you know what i mean yeah it's um i think it really just has to do it has to do with understanding that god can use you powerfully right like not a lot of people realize some of the things that jesus said um i was uh somebody somebody ran into me in the office the other day one of our 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 leaders pastors and uh, she said i she's like in that and i heard the podcast about that story where jesus resurrected and a whole bunch of dead people came to life and it was like like the walking dead reference that we made and she she said she was laughing but that she had never read that or that she had read that but didn't realize what it had said and one of the things that jesus said that not a lot of people realize is when jesus said you're going to do greater things than i ever have you shall do greater things than i have like for jesus to say that is one of the most insane statements ever. It's like, Jesus, you walked on water. You did this. You did miracles. You you took five, uh, two, two fish and five loaves of bread and you multiplied it to feed oh, more than 5,000. Some Not people estimate once, like 15. Like twice. Though. Yeah, he did, he, twice. he did the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000, two separate stories. If somebody says that's a contradiction, it's not. They're actually two separate events. Um, so Jesus fed over 9,000 people. It's over 9,000. Dragon Ball Z reference. Um. What was I saying? Oh, right. So, you know, knowing like our confidence really needs to come from a true understanding of, yeah, you can do greater things. Right. Um, and this should be a nice confidence booster. I got it from a book by Jean Mayo. I forget her name. Um, she wrote Thriving Youth Ministries and she had a chapter called um, Andrew. Uh, the Andrew Knight or something like that. I forgot what it was called. But she had this story about Andrew. The disciple in the Bible. He's one of Jesus' disciples. Not a lot of people can name like the, the 12 disciples of Jesus and more or less remember Andrew. Because what I do is I go, hey, um, you know who Peter is? Yeah. Peter in the Bible? Yeah. I know the apostle Peter. I know the disciple Peter. Yeah. Name some of his accomplishments. Shoot. What? 
he the first pope no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> no um uh, this is not a catholic podcast this is a christian anyway yes. um but but yeah like name 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 some things you remember about peter peter uh walked on water walked on water um oh you put me on the spot. He chopped off a guy's ear. I don't know if that's an accomplishment. I mean, though. yeah, but he preached the gospel. 3,000 people get saved. He's yeah. walking around. His shadow is healing people. Um, that was Peter? That was, that Peter. was Peter. Yeah, that was yeah. Peter. Uh, he, he was magic. Magic. <laughs> we don't believe in magic. But he was freed by an angel from prison. Mm-hmm. He healed the man outside the temple. Yeah. Uh, he said, get up and walk when yeah. he was with uh, gate, John. Was it the beautiful gate? Yep. Like... You could sit here and we could just come up with, he, he denies Jesus. There's all of these things that we remember from the story of Peter, the good and the bad. At least we know him, mm-hmm. you know? Name something about Andrew. There's nothing will ever come to mind. He's not mentioned. He died on a cross. He was crucified too. He was crucified. He was crucified. He was the one crucified in the X shape. Yeah. That was and Andrew. that we get that from the Fox's Book of Martyrs, not yeah. from like actual. Not from the Bible. Not from the actual Bible. But, that's but when still, you look in the Bible though. Yeah. There's, there's not a lot about him or Bartholomew or, or yeah. And, and there's these guys, they seem so insignificant, but there is one story about Andrew and it's when Andrew first meets Jesus, he meets Jesus, he leaves, he gets Simon Peter and he brings him to meet Jesus. What does he say? He's like, he's here. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, uh, he's running to um, Peter and he's like, he's here. He introduces Peter to Jesus. So my thing is, I see where you're going. Peter met Jesus because of an Andrew. And you may think and feel like you're insignificant and that you don't really make a difference. If you make one disciple, you don't know what that one disciple will go on to do. I I knew where you were going when you said that. I was like, bro, that's fire. Bro, imagine if you won somebody over to Jesus, spent your whole life discipling this person, raised them up. They became a pastor. They did ministry. And... 600,000 people came to know Jesus because you decided to devote some time instead of going on Netflix, you know, instead of going on, you know, Disney Plus and debating people online about what's happening in WandaVision and all this other stuff. <laughs> like, that show's good. It's so good. Anyways, um, but like, we spend so much time doing so many menial things in life. Take the, take time out of your week to make one disciple and watch the world change because of the one disciple you made. That should give us confidence. Andrew gives me confidence because if he brought Peter to Jesus and Peter did all those amazing things, some of them weren't so great, but still, it's it's a huge confidence booster, right? I think... Um even when we go back to what you were saying about when, you know, when Jesus says you'll go on to do greater things than I. And of course we go to the book of Acts and we see all the great things that the disciples did. Yeah. All of them. Um, that's basically what the book of Acts is about. I think that's why it's called the book of Acts. Cause it's the acts of the Holy spirit and the acts of the disciples. Mm-hmm. And um, we see that these disciples, they are sort of expanding the gospel and, something that we didn't even see in the gospels Mm. right we don't see certain people getting spoken to right we see samaritans we see centurions acts is the first time where you ever he um think is the first time you see an ethiopian hear the gospel and you're like what the heck Mm -hmm. so there's this ethiopian eunuch i forgot who spoke to him i think it was thomas was it thomas no philip it was philip 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 it was philip yeah um and 
you know, now the gospel is sort of going beyond these borders that you didn't see before. Um, and this isn't in any way to kind of diminish what Jesus did, but he, Jesus didn't even go that far as the disciples did. Yeah. When it comes to where he oh, was and where yeah, he was yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously again, not to, small. not to diminish him yeah. at all. And, but he didn't go that far. Right. He was like, what, 12 mile radius, 20, somewhere in between. They said that he never traveled more than 200 miles past the place he was born. Yeah. yeah. So, which 200 miles sounds like a lot. But then when you start zooming out, you see, oh, that's actually not mm-hmm. that much. Yeah. Um, so Jesus, he didn't even touch most corners of the earth. He stayed in one region, really. Mm-hmm. Um he had only 12 disciples, right? He only had 12. Um, he was in ministry for only three years. So he started ministry when he was like, what, 30? Yeah. Died 33, 34, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and we we see that Jesus, he's doing so many great things, but he was confined. Right. Not that he was like in bondage there, but this is just where he stayed. And then the disciples... They're going everywhere. Let's look at Paul, for example. Paul, li- Paul literally went everywhere almost. If it's mm-hmm. on the 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 eastern side of the Except world, Asia, Asia. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit would have let him go there for some reason. Yeah, but when it comes <laughs> to most of the eastern part of the world, he yeah. was he he went there to go and preach it. So that's another confidence booster, I think, for me as well, realizing that even Jesus said one that we would do greater things than him because he did so much yeah but not in the same amount like he was limited in the flesh yeah right because he took on human form there was only so far he could go and he could only reach so many people he only had three years of ministry some of us have been ministered some of us have been going to church for like 10 years and i'm like bro we have we're more more experienced than jesus some of us um in in ministry um yeah, but I agree, man. Like Paul, Paul, and then Paul, like, could you imagine that? It's like your most of us don't even really know most of the people around our neighborhoods. So we could literally preach and without any fear of any type of judgment. It's just like I'm never probably gonna see this person again. So why not just preach the gospel to him and tell him about Jesus? Um But Paul was really well known. And the thing was he had a very poor past, right? Like, dude tried to murder Christians. When Christianity first started and was spreading, um, Paul was the one who was responsible for the first martyr death. Like it was Stephen and uh, Paul stood outside, said, hey, let me take your coat. Here's a rock. He was instigating it, like take some rocks and stone this guy to death. Um, He was there holding everybody's coats while they did it. Like, so Paul had that against him, you know, and he has to go around preaching the gospel. But people were like, why should I listen to a murderer? You know what I mean? That's what happened to Moses. People didn't want Moses around. They were like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, what are you going to do? Murder us now? He's like, you're my people. I tried to save you. And it's like, oh, okay, murderer. It's like, geez, I can't even get a, can I get a word in? Like, yo, can I just get a word in? People just wouldn't listen to Paul because they just had a really bad, like, understanding of who he was. And that stinks because that really played against him. People didn't want to listen to him. Yeah. And another thing, something that I also looked into was... Another reason why people don't feel as um, qualified to preach the gospel is because 
they don't have that sort of education to yeah. go for it. When you look mm-hmm. at Paul, Paul even brings it up. He's like, I'm probably I'm a Pharisee. You know what I mean? I have all the qualifications, certificates, mm-hmm. whatever it is. I have it. But he says, I count it all as lost, all of it. Yeah. But someone like Paul, very well educated. But then when we look at the other disciples, how many of them were actually as educated as the rest? These were just fishermen. Most of them yeah. were teenagers, um, which a lot of people don't know. A lot of them yeah. were probably the youngest would have been John, maybe 15 is the yeah. youngest he would have been. So a lot of people don't realize that they weren't as educated as someone like Paul was. Yeah. But yet they still did great things. So education is not a qualification to preach the gospel. It's not. You don't need a seminary degree in theology to preach yeah. the, the gospel. You just need a basic understanding. Of it. And somebody to lead you. Yeah. And, and yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that seminary degrees aren't great. I, yeah, I plan helpful. on getting one. Yeah. But you don't need it to preach the gospel. Right. There isn't sort of this ladder that you have to climb up in mm-hmm. order to be qualified to preach it. You just yeah. have to go and preach it. Yeah, like some people are just like, you know, I don't even really fully comprehend the Trinity. Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody does. We've and been, you, like, did you fully comprehend the Trinity when you got saved? No. No. Still don't. And and I, and I don't think that's one of the, what does the Bible say in order to be saved? In order to be saved, you have to believe in Jesus, right? You have to put your trust in him, in the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. Believe that. And the Bible says that if you were to repent and turn to Christ... These are things that the Bible says, if you do these things, you will be saved. Just put your faith in Christ. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to do any crazy works. You don't have to know the Trinity to be saved. I believe once you get saved, then you should learn a little bit about the Trinity and try to understand and comprehend and wrestle with some of those things. Don't don't struggle with trying to learn everything in order to come to know Christ mm-hmm. because he doesn't come to you in that way. Right. He comes to you in the simplest way. Right. It's here's the gospel. I came for you. I died for you. And I rose again. That's the simplest way. And that's all you need. Everything else comes a lot later. Um, But understanding the the Trinity, you, me, and Alan had a conversation about that like a a couple days ago where Mm -hmm. it's like, do you need to know the Trinity in order to be saved? No. That might be a hot take. For a lot yeah. of people, but you really don't need to comprehend it or understand to it. To be saved? To be saved. To be saved. After you're saved, though. Yeah, you, you, you should, should learn. definitely yeah. learn it. Yeah, I think that there are a lot yeah. of things that people should learn. But again, education is not a qualification. Of course. Um, yeah. It helps, though. It yeah, helps yeah. I think the, the cool thing about them is like when you look at what is Peter's qualifications? He's like, I had a three-year internship with Jesus. That was it. It was, I walked around with Jesus for three years, right? And I didn't, even, un- and I didn't even understand <laughs> the man half the time. <laughs> yeah, I was confused most of the time. I didn't understand. I was afraid for my life. But we were always homeless. Once he got the Holy Spirit, everything oh, started yeah. to make sense. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. It's yeah. not that education is a qualification in order to get the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Education comes in once you get the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and, and now he you start reading you. scripture. Right. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I understand right. it now. That's why a lot of people don't understand the scriptures is because they have that that they need to be saved and fully on and and receive the spirit. But a lot of people get stuck because instead of trying to they come at it at a very knowledgeable thing. Like I have to understand the word and then once I do, then I can get to know Jesus and I'm like, "No, man, just give your heart to him, trust in him, and then the rest will happen." These guys, um Peter, he was a fisherman, uneducated didn't know nothing three years with jesus he became a biblical scholar where now people are like these are untrained ignorant men 
but they speak like they they're preaching the truth of God accurately. Who are these men? These are fishermen, but they know the word of God like I've never seen. That's just from hanging around with Jesus for three years. Yeah. And we you know? see sort of how missions can take form in that as well. Where first, like how we started at the beginning, first your calling is to be saved. Mm -hmm. And then once you're calling, once you've fulfilled that calling, well, I wouldn't say fulfilled it. Your calling is still going on. Yeah. Right? You, you've been saved. I need you to be saved in order for you to make disciples. So then now, once we begin to be educated by the Holy Spirit, we start to do missions, mm -hmm. right? But we don't immediately start going out. So if you're saved and you know that you're saved, yeah, don't feel bad that you haven't done everything yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't feel bad that you haven't gone on a missions trip to Africa right. yet. Don't feel bad about these things because for, you have to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Your reach starts somewhere. Yeah. I think um, I had written, man, I wrote this down the other day. I got so mad because I was like, I really wish I would have included this in one of the last podcasts, but I'm going to say it now. Um, missions, um, mission starts in the heart before you start packing your bags. Ooh. Like before you start packing your bags to go overseas, missions needs to be a part of who you are. When you That's come right. to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I am yours. I, I I surrender myself to you. Jesus stamps you and says, missionary. You know, like I, the thing that I think is one of the worst things to happen to the like the capital C church globally was this idea that we we made a missions department. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's for the missionaries, the people who actually go out. Then everybody started going, oh, cool. Here's my money so that I can pay to help missionaries so that I don't have to be a missionary. That's that's how it looks. I don't think that everybody's guilty of this. I think people donating to missions is super important. It's actually very, very important because people depend on that money. So I want everybody after this podcast to go and give money to missions. You can go to our website, fifachurch.org, uh, 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 and, uh, and there'll be some donate buttons. You can go ahead and donate to missions. Please do that. That helps us out so much. We're trying to raise money. We support over 30 missionaries, so your money is very important. But that can't be all you do, right? You cannot just give money to missions and say, I did missions. That's only part of it. If you're not a foreign missionary, you're a local missionary. Local how? First of all, your house. Mm -hmm. you, are, you are a missionary to your home. You need to make sure that you and your family believe in Jesus, right? That's your first mission field. Um, I think Jordan Peterson said it best. Um, I, I don't know if he believes or not. I don't know if he's a Christian. But he made a he said a quote. And it was more for, at least for him, he meant it more in a political way. Mm -hmm. But when I hear it, I just think it's so important, Spiritual. especially yeah. for this moment. He said, don't go about re um, rearranging the world when your house isn't in order. Right. Right. He's like, don't go trying to fix the world when your house is messed up. Yeah. And um, that's something that we as Christians also need to do as well. We need to make sure that everything is good here. This is yeah, where we yeah. start. Right. Yeah. Start your house here. is a mission field. Yeah. You start there and then you start to expand. Like when we go back to Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. He began to what, what did he say to them? He was like, go bring the gospel to Judea. Samaria. Um, Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, blah, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And to the ends of the earth. 
Yeah, so that's what he's saying. He's like, first you're gonna start here in Jerusalem. This is your home, local, local. Mm-hmm. Then you're gonna go out to Judea, mm-hmm. which in our context would be Orlando, right? So yep. first you start in your neighborhood, then you go out to Orlando, then you got to Florida, mm-hmm. and then you can start touching all the ends of the earth, right? Which is what he's saying. So we we start very small, and that very small thing will then begin to turn into something bigger, mm-hmm. way bigger, and even if your entire life is just Orlando, that's still so important, right? Yeah. Because we can't be sending everyone out to foreign right. um to foreign countries because then who's gonna be here? Yeah, and that's the thing too. It it literally starts by people um like this is why grow groups are so important. Because people don't realize what they're capable of until they have a grow group and they they host one and they pour into people and they realize, wow, I really like this. Um, and then they start going, Hey man, there's a lot of people meeting at my house. We need a space. And you're like, wow, this is cool. Um, uh, we have a, we have a, one of our, uh, Viva church, we have a campus out in Branson, uh, Missouri. And that campus started because people were watching our church online and literally flew out here to see what our church was like in person and said, wow, I wish we had this out there in Branson. So leave it to our pastor to be like, I'm going to go fly out to Branson. Let's see what, what we're working with. We found a place. We found a property. We went ahead and, and uh, you know, obtained that. And now we've got a church in Branson, a campus, because there was a family that said, man, we really like this church. And there were people out there who loved what we did and loved watching us online. And then now we have a campus out there. Like there's so many people that are capable of, of opening a campus, but they just don't know you know that they can do that um and it all starts with groups man it all starts with that that's not the intention of groups obviously but but it can be you know what i mean i think people just don't give themselves enough credit you know like i'm like wow man god can use you like locally god wants and and some of us are called to go global some of us are called to international missions we're called to go to other countries and that is a very tough thing to do you know when you feel the call of god um pouring over your heart and may and, and just calling you i mean uh paul paul it happened to paul paul was literally i don't know if he was sleeping or awake but i know that he had a vision and typically visions are more like daydreams like it just comes to you suddenly but he had a vision he might have been sleeping of a man from macedonia calling him and saying come to us you know what you know what he did he packed his bags and he went <laughs> that simple um and I think that was where the Holy Spirit was like, don't go to Asia. God's calling you to Macedonia. They need you right now. And he was able to establish churches and stuff like that. So God is calling some of us to foreign missions. God has called all of us to give to missions. I think we should all give to missions, but don't let it stop there. Like, what are yeah. you doing to be a missionary? Um, it's okay to support missionaries. Every single person in our church should do that. Every person should give to missions, but you should also do missions. And I think that's what think about think about the Matthew 28:19. Go is the very first word. Go. Right? Go. It's not about staying still and waiting. I love that you said that last time. Not standing and waiting for an opportunity to do missions, but seeking to go and do missions, seeking to go and do good to people, seeking to evangelize to people. This is what God has called us to do. Um, but yeah, man, I th- I think that's a, I think that's a solid place to leave it off. But 
any closing things you want to say before we close this out yeah um just to hit back to that one point i was making uh don't be afraid Mm. by your qualifications to not go and do god's work don't be afraid about what's going on in the world don't be afraid that you're not as well as educated as your pastor yep to start doing it right you don't need it to be on, on the altar preaching messages in order to bring the gospel to people um yep. you can just be one of the people of the church and you can still do great things and if you're not doing ministry in the church do everything that you can to do it at your job you know where, yep. where you're at most of the time don't be afraid about other things that don't matter you've not been given a spirit of fear but of one of power right so don't be afraid about all this yeah. other stuff that's not as important as just preaching the gospel if sure. you get hate for it then get you will get hate for it um i think that that's a disclaimer that we need to make clear you're not going to be popular when you do this yeah but that shouldn't stop you absolutely from doing it um i know that i'm not popular with most of my friends or uh, older friends you know what i mean um because i've changed now i'm not the same jacob that used to go to parties and all that stuff mm-hmm. i've i'm different and now they don't think of me as fun anymore but that's not important to me anymore i just need to go and preach the gospel so don't be afraid to make sacrifices to to do things that you wouldn't have done before just just do them and see how god is going to really change you yeah so that's what i would say that's good that's a great place to leave it man i think ultimately if i could sum it up this is a a working quote i have to write it down don't bring them to church bring them the church Yes, like sir. don't don't bring stop stop with the oh i'm gonna bring this person to church that's great i appreciate that tell your friends about us tell people to come to viva church i think that's great i uh, tell people to go to your church if you're listening to this podcast and you're not part of you know our church specifically the the lowercase c church but if you're part of the capital c church it's great that you invite people to church don't stop doing that but at the same time understand that we need to bring them the church a lot of people aren't going to church already because of COVID and many other reasons. So now it's more, now more than ever, we really need to bring the church out um, to the people. And that's what God's calling us to do. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We appreciate you taking time out to listen to the word of God. Take a second and give this podcast a like and share it with friends and family. This greatly helps out our channel and affects our reach and our communities. Please look us up at Viva Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook.